Get Back to Basics with Judaism 101 with Rabbi Michael Katz. Hi and welcome. Wonderful to be in your company this afternoon. This is Rabbi Michael Katz and I'm coming to you live from Joburg and we are talking today about things concerning Judaism 101.9 in our basic Judaism course. And so to refresh our memories about things that we may have forgotten, about things that we haven't yet learnt, about things that we don't yet know about, or just to recap the stuff that we know we knew, but um, just to think about what Judaism says about certain things. And today is a significant date in the Jewish calendar in that it is Erev Rosh Chodesh. Today is the 29th day in the month of Tevet or Tevis, and tonight and tomorrow is Rosh Chodesh Shvat. So we start a brand new month this evening. At nightfall, we will begin the new month of Shvat. And tomorrow, tonight and tomorrow is Rosh Chodesh. We've explained before that the Jewish calendar is comprised of several months that have 30 days in them and several months that have only 29 days in them. Well, the month that we're completing now, the month of Tavis, Tavit, always has 29 days. And the month of Shvat that we're going into always has 30 days. And perhaps when we think about um, a shortened month and a full month in this context, we're thinking about the fact that a month of Tavis is a month that is possibly, while it begins in the festival of Hanukkah always, it is dominated by Asorah Tavis, by the 10th day of Tavis, or Tevet, a day of sadness, a day of destruction, a day of fasting. When we come to the month of Shvat, we come to a bigger emphasis on joyous, on happy, on great and wondrous occasions, the month of Shvat. Therefore, is a full month in the fullest sense of the word. It is a month in which we celebrate. It is a month in which there is an uplifting atmosphere, much more than there is in the month of Tavis. And so, as we go into the month of Shvat this evening, and we herald the arrival of a brand new month with this Rosh Chodesh, in a sense, we're going into something that is much fuller, that is much more on the mark of what Judaism actually is truly all about because the dominant feature of Judaism and a basic on Judaism 101.9 is if to et Hashem besimcha, we are supposed to serve God with joy, joy, happiness, positive outlook. Those are the things that dominate our Judaism. That's what the Torah tells us that should be the dominant feature. We should not be driven by sadness, melancholy, um, negativity, um, a, uh, a, a downtrodden kind of an atmosphere and attitude, which unfortunately history has kind of shoved us into and trodden us underfoot. But the real dominant force of Judaism is simcha, is joy. And with this turn of events, as we go from the month of Tevet into the month of Shvat, that is really the underlying factor. That is really and truly what this brand new month is actually truly all about. Now let's just begin by telling you, as you may or may not know, but the Torah itself does not refer to the calendar months of our Jewish calendar by names other than the names which are numbers. 
In other words, we talk about the first month, the second month, the third month, the fourth month, and so on. And now going into the month of Shvat, we are looking at the 11th month. Because remember, we begin our numbering of our months from Nisan, from Pesach time, the month of Nisan is the first month, and therefore we are now at the 11th month. The 11th month, which is the way that the months of, uh, of, the, of the Torah year are actually described in the Torah itself. So where does the name Shvat actually come from? Well, it probably comes from the, na- the place where most of the Hebrew months come from, and that is from Babylonian words. It somehow emanated from Babylon. Now, it seems strange. We go out of our way to keep to a Jewish calendar. We go out of our way to um, ensure that we are uh, kind of centered on our Jewish dates rather than on our um, Gregorian dates or the dates of the uh, secular calendar. We would much rather be referring to the Jewish dates. And uh, you'll hear this as Judaism 101.9 from any of your rabbis or rabbitsons or uh, Jewish uh, Orthodox advisors who are going to tell you that uh, the Jewish date is what is dominant and what's important, of course. That's the date on which we keep our birthdays. That's the day on which we should keep our anniversaries. That's the day on which, of course, everybody keeps a yard site and so on. So why is it that we even think about calling these days or dates or months by secular terminology, terminology that came from Babylon. Well, it probably wasn't as simple as that. And if we think about it, the name Shvat actually is recorded in the Torah. It first appears in the book of Zechariah, believe it or not. And it is a word that seems to have evolved, come from uh, Babylonian or as it's uh, termed an Akkadian root. And um, we, the word actually relates to the concept of lashing, shvat lashing, lashing, referring to the heavy rains that used to fall as the winter season drew to a close. Now, remember, we're here looking at heavy rains that sometimes fall in this part of the world um, coming towards the end of summer rainfall time. But there we were talking about, of course, in the northern hemisphere, we're talking about Israel and those climes where um, the lashing rains would fall during this time. It seems to be that it's this month of the lashing, not in a negative sense as in lashing, getting lashes, but this is the lashing rains that uh, would come about at this time seems to be where this name actually emanated from. Now, it seems, according to our sages, and particularly quoted in the Talmud Yerushalmi, in the Jerusalem Talmud, that when we came back after the Babylonian exile, that these names came with us from Babylon, the name for the, the names for the months, including this one, the month of Shvat, and so on. And that, in fact, these um, being Babylonian names were to try and reposition our sages tell us to try and reposition the mindset. Remember, we were talking about the months of the year, as we said before, the first, the second, the third, and so on, up until to, uh, tonight, which is the beginning of the 11th month, that that referred us back. It reminded us of the exodus from Egypt. We were so many months away from Pesach when we got out of Egypt. That was kind of where it all began for us, where our exodus from Egypt bore us to become this people, this nation who was going to go to Mount Sinai, receive the Torah and become the actual people, the Jewish people um, in every sense of the word. And here there was a new kind of a 
a, um, a, a, a starting point that we needed to look back and say, we are the survivors of the Babylonian exile. And therefore, utilizing the names that came from Babylon became something that we're told that became a thing right after our return from that exile. Be back with you right after this. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. Can you imagine listening to the radio and hearing an ad for your business on Hi FM? What would your business look like if more people knew about your services and products? Like what you hear? Then listen closely. Hi FM has introduced the Get Lit Deal. 20 radio commercials per month during prime time for just 2,000 rand. That's 2,000 rand for 20 ads in prime time. There are T's and C's, so please call us on 0101 404090 or email us info at com. That's C H A I F M.com. Get lit, get radio, get high FM. Get back to basics with Judaism 101 with Rabbi Michael Katz. Yes, and welcome back to Basics on Judaism 101.9. Great to be with you. And we're talking about the month of Shvat, which begins in earnest this evening. And yes, when we think about the names of the month of Shvat, it's, uh, the names of the months of the year, and particularly the month of Shvat, we think about the fact that these came from Babylon. And of course, you know, um, each day from a Jewish point of view, we don't number the days of the week or by name. We don't call them by name. There's not a Sunday, a Monday, a Tuesday, and so on by name, but rather by a number. It is the first day of the week, the second day of the week, and so on. And why? Because we're always reflecting on Shabbat. It is the first day of Shabbat, as we say in our prayers on a daily basis. It is the second day of Shabbat. It is the third day of Shabbat. Shabbos plays this dominant role, and everything is geared towards Shabbos. Now, there was a similar trend or a similar idea when it came to our exodus from Egypt. Our birth as a people, we were talking about the first month in the month in which we quit Egypt. We talk about the second month, the month after that, and the month after that, and so on. And each of the months was therefore numbered rather than being given a particular name. However, according to Nachmanides, when we came out of Babylon, there was a need for the people to recognize that it was Hashem who took us out of Babylon as well. It wasn't just the exodus from Egypt that we had as a reference point, as a starting point, but that in fact we could perhaps look back to Babylon and say, from Babylon we have taken these names. This is the month of Shvat, um, meaning the rainy season after we quit Babylon and so on. That is how, in fact, we're told that these names crept in and became uh, used um, in the uh, in the in the in the, in the common sense and that in, in fact today we no longer really talk about the 11th month in a, a practical sense but we rather talk about the month of shvat now interesting to note that the month of shvat has a few very very dominant features if we think about it it's also it, number 1 the month of shvat has as its sign and all the months have particular signs for instance uh, the sign of the scales um, at the time of uh, Rosh Hashanah and Kippur and so on, uh, the month of Elul and so on, when our, our scales are in the balance. When we think about the month of Shvat, it is Aquarius, the idea of the water bearer. And this would further give credence to the fact that this was something to do with the rainy season. And the particular lashing rains 
in the Northern Hemisphere um, in uh, places like Israel that come about at this time. In fact, we're told that the 29th of Tabus today, actually, in a classical sense, in Israel marks the actual end of winter. And although you could argue that the seasons are dictated by the sun, interestingly enough, our sages saw fit to place the 29th of Tavis as the month end, um, the ending date of uh, the winter season in a classical sense. And we now moved into more uh, warmer uh, period of time um, in that part of the world. It is also well known that the month of Shvat is dominated by the new year for the trees. We'll talk about that in uh, one of the following uh, programs. But when we talk about Tu B'Shvat, B'Shvat, the 15th of Shvat, that is the new year for the trees. And in fact, there is an opinion that it should actually have been today. It should actually be today, Rosh uh, Chodesh, or tonight rather, Rosh Chodesh Shvat, the beginning of the month, rather than uh, the 15th of the month, this is certainly an opinion. And so tonight and tomorrow, according to some, could have been the new year for the trees, although it's established on the 15th of um, the month. And once again, something to do with trees and something to do with nature and something to do with the fruits and something to do with the water and the rainfall and so on. Something very, very uh, natural and about the growth or the rebirth or the rejuvenation that this month actually depicts and actually speaks of. When we look all the way back in the Torah itself, and we go all the way back to the times of Moshe Rabbeinu, there are a number of significant features in the life of Moshe and the, his uh, leadership, his rulership, his kingship over the Jewish people that um, uh, speak volumes about what the real significance and the real importance of Rosh Chodesh Shvat, or the first, first day of Shvat, is really all about. Firstly, and perhaps not in order of importance, let's go from the lesser to the greater. Firstly, it is said that it was in the month of Shvat that Moshe Rabbeinu translated the Torah into all the languages, now, the Torah was uh, given to us, we know, in God's holy tongue in Hebrew, and Moshe Rabbeinu actually gave it to the Jewish people or translated it into 70 different languages. Could you imagine that? 70 different languages um, the Torah originally appeared in. Uh, most of those uh, translations were lost to us along the way and uh, replaced at a later stage, and therefore any translation of the Torah is not regarded as being absolutely perfect and authentic, um, even though there was one that was uh, forcibly done in the time of uh, Ptolemy, where he uh, got the 70 uh, rabbis to sit in solitary confinement and translate the Torah into Greek, and therefore Greek is regarded as being more authoritative than most um, in this work called the Septuagint. However, um, those translations from Moshe Rabbeinu himself were done, were penned, were uh, put onto parchment, perhaps, um, during the month of Shvat in the desert. But more importantly, perhaps, Moshe Rabbeinu Moses began his final speech on Rosh Chodesh Shvat. So take yourself back 3,293 years ago, tomorrow, and think about the fact that on this day, 3,293 years ago, Moshe Rabbeinu, Moses, 
was beginning to deliver his last will and testament, his magnum opus, his incredible work of the book of Deuteronomy. The book of Dvarim is uh, the last of the five books of Moses. And this was a speech that he made to the Jewish people, which lasted until his day of departure from the Jewish people and from earth, the day of Zion Adar, the seventh of Adar. He began a 37-day talk to the Jewish people. And the 37-day talk was the book of Deuteronomy. It was a recap of everything that this new generation needed to know. They were going to be the generation who were going to finally occupy Israel. They were now no longer the generation who had quit Egypt, no longer the generation who had gone through the 40 years in the desert. This was now a new generation, the new people who were taking over. And so it was once again this rejuvenation effect. Moshe Rabbeinu was addressing the entire Jewish people. Yes, there were some strong words of admonition that come towards the end of uh, the book of Deuteronomy. There were strong words of um, how uh, the land was going to spit us up or vomit us up if we were not uh, well behaved and we didn't do all the things that Eretz Israel demanded of us as an Eretz HaKodesh, as a holy land. But the majority of it was to teach the entire Jewish people, a brand new people, of what it meant to come back, what it meant to return, what it meant to be a real Jew who now had to put into practice all of these rules and regulations in a physical sense. Remember, the Jewish people in the desert um, were learning the Torah, and they were uh, certainly in connection with the Torah, but most of the Torah was not practiced. It wasn't practical in the desert. They didn't have the uh, down-to-earth practice of, of business and employment and, uh, and uh, borrowing and uh, lending and all the things that apply from a Jewish law point of view. Yes, they kept to what they needed to keep to in the desert, but a huge uh, swathe of Judaism and of Torah was not kept in the desert. And now, for the very first time, there was going to be the practical application. And Moshe Rabbeinu Moses had to brief the people on exactly how this was all going to be performed. He had to remind them of the obligations. He had to remind them of their duties. And he had to remind them of their great and wondrous privileges of being Jews and of being connected to the Torah. He began his uh, talk, as we said, on Rosh Chodesh Shvat. It began tomorrow. It continued for 37 days until the day that Moshe Rabbeinu left the Jewish people, ascended the mountain and was taken by God, so to speak. And as we say, nobody knows where Moshe Rabbeinu's grave is. Nobody knows where he is buried or if he was buried on that mountain. It was certainly Hashem who took care of it himself. And so this entire month was a month in which Moshe Rabbeinu, month of Shvat, because yes, there were only seven days in Adar, the next month that follows after this, but each and every day of this month that we are going into, Moshe Rabbeinu was lecturing to the Jewish people on the Torah. He was getting them to realize what it meant to become Balei Tshuva, what it meant to return, what it meant to come back to where they should be. What it meant to commit oneself to the Torah and its mitzvot in a, not only in an esoteric sense and not only in a, a learning sense, but in a practical sense. What it meant actually physically to bring this all to fruition. And in a way, does that not really tie in with the concept of the tree 
or the idea of the new year for the tree. It's the idea that man, as we're told, is like a tree. We have roots and we have a trunk and we can bear fruit and so on. And all of this is relative to the way that we absorb the Torah from our foundations, from our roots, and we are able, therefore, and thereby to provide the beautiful and wonderful fruits that we can bear in sense, in the sense of not only our children, but our mitzvot and the kedusha, the holiness that we can bring to bear on the entire world. And so this whole scene of Moshe Rabbeinu here priming the Jewish people on what they needed for their redemption, for their final stage of redemption, of getting into Israel and practicing the Torah in a real sense of the word, this is what the month of Shvat represented and always has in uh, Jewish thinking. It is this month of getting back to where we should be. It's this month of reconnection. And how appropriate, actually, when we think about the fact that um, somehow in this part of the world where uh, schools go back, and hopefully they will go back um, in uh, good health and very, very soon, and that uh, we can get back to our Torah learning um, in every sense of the word in a proper way, um, we also know that this is a time, therefore, of recommitment, a time of starting again, a time of rebirth, if you would have it, that uh, begins from this time of the year in, uh, in in this part of the world, in that, in fact, we have uh, some kind of synchronicity with this month of Shvat that always uh, comes at this particular time. And so, therefore, it is a time of rebirth. It is a time of rejuvenation. It is a time of uh, enjoying and remembering the wonderful blessings that Hashem gives us through those lashing rains. And it's a time to sink our roots. It's a time to strengthen our trunks and it's a time to actually look forward to the wonderful fruit that we can and will bear and will produce for the world. Be back with you right after this. Hi FM 101.9 megahertz of life. Get back to basics with Judaism 101 with Rabbi Michael Katz. And welcome back. Yes, Judaism 101.9. And we're talking about the month of Shvat. And as we've discussed, it is the month of rebirth, of rejuvenation, of reinstruction that Moshe Rabbeinu began teaching the Jewish people what they needed to know for their occupation of Israel, for their geula, for their redemption. It was this month of great preparation for the coming redemption of the Jewish people, the final uh, redemption of the Jewish people as we crossed over and inherited Israel. It is also a day of, uh, or rather a month in which we commemorate and celebrate some significant dates in the Chabad, Hasidic calendar. Two great and um, huge events in the life of the modern uh, Chabad community. And when I say modern, I'm talking about over the last hundred years. Um, it took place on Yud Shvat, on the 10th of Shvat. But we will talk about that a little bit more next week. Those two significant events are actually um, the fact that the previous Rebbe passed away on the 10th of Shvat, and it was um, one year later to the day that the Rebbe, the Lubavitcher Rebbe, Rabbi Menachem Mendel Schneerson, assumed the leadership of Chabad in 1950-51. Now, so there are significant dates there as well. And once again, kind of symbolizing in a way a similar idea of the fact that 
um, there was this rebirth, this rejuvenation, something new that was um, on the horizon that was going to happen. In fact, also the 22nd day of Shvat, Chof Beish Shvat, in 1988, uh, is the day on which the Rebbe's wife, Rebbe Tzenchaya Mushkes, actually passed away. And um, interestingly enough, the Rebbe marked her yard site every year, speaking about um, and, and utilizing her name, quoting from uh, the Torah itself, in Tanakh, where he spoke about the idea of taking to heart the messages that we have learned. And in fact, the Rebbe, in a very, very real sense, uh, from the time of the passing of the Rebbetzin, began a whole new phase in the life of Chabad. Yiten um, Libo became a, uh, a, uh, a standard uh, quote and uh, cry to uh, keep on uh, reinvigorating and going back to and thinking about all the wonderful things that not only the Rebbetzin stood for, but that in fact our Torah taught us and teaches us and to rededicate ourselves to become, in a sense, the Baalei Tshuva, in a similar sense to the way that Moshe Rabbeinu was addressing the people in uh, those uh, final 37 days of his life. So from uh, the uh, 22nd of Shvat in 1988, although it was for a much longer period, but the Rebbe too began, um, if we think about it, preparing his Hasidim, preparing his followers in the world for the advent of Mashiach in a much more uh, pointed way, in a much stronger way than had ever been before. And so this month of Shvat carries with it all of these wonderful and beautiful and very, very important messages. We'll be back with you to sum up right after this. IFM 101.9 megahertz of life. Get back to basics with Judaism 101 with Rabbi Michael Katz. So this afternoon at Mincha time, we do not say Tachanun. We do, however, in Mayriv, add in Yalev Yavo, the special prayer for Rosh Chodesh, as we will do uh, tomorrow morning and tomorrow afternoon. We also say Hallel tomorrow. There's a Musaf prayer, an additional service uh, tomorrow that needs to be davened. And so we celebrate this beautiful Rosh Chodesh, the beginning of a brand new month. And as we spoke about, this month is none other than the month of Shvat, with all its richness and all its meaning. To conclude, there is someone who once said, not quite sure where this actually came from, but when we think about the uh, name of the month of Shvat, we're told that it can stand for Shenishma Besorot Tovot, or Shenishma Besorot Tovot, that we should be able to hear good news. And yes, at a time like this, if we think about what this advent of a new month means to us at this time, Let's hope that this is the month in which we will proverbially turn that corner where we will only hear good news, where not only will we hear of uh, the end, uh, hopefully, of this uh, pandemic, which has dominated our lives for the best part of a year already. Not only will we hear about uh, the fact that uh, uh, the uh, cures have been found and the vaccinations will be uh, dealt out and that people will be able to receive them and there'll be the great and wondrous a uh, thing that they keep on talking about, this immunity that everybody will have. But please, God, um, we will have the ultimate of all cures and all vaccinations. Please, God, 
good news that will come. That should be this month of Shvat. That right now we should hear of the fact that Mashiach has arrived, that all pandemics and all negativity is uh, gone, done and dusted, a thing of uh, past, a thing of history, and that in fact we can only look forward to great, wonderful and beautiful things for us, for all people, for everyone, everywhere. Uh, please God, immediately and now. I want to wish you a great week up ahead, a great Shabbos as well um, uh, coming up. And a truly, truly great Chodesh, a Chodesh Tov for this month of Shvat. Be back with you, please God, same time, same place, next week on Judaism 101.9. Hi FM, 101.9 megahertz of life.